You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, thanks for listening to the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm John Chapman. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, obviously, the NFL Draft, which as a 49ers fan was probably one of the best drafts I can remember. We go back to the Trent Baalke dark days, and not this much excitement ever in the first round, even though there were a few drafts where we did get a, two first-round picks like we did this year. Nothing of substance quite like what we had uh, going on Thursday night. So, start off right off the bat with the number two pick. A lot of stuff was going on rumor-wise about where was Mitch Trubisky going to go. Obviously, you got Miles Garrett there, who everybody coveted as that kind of number one overall, whether that was media, GMs, kind of fits everybody. And it's such a premium position. And with this year's quarterback class, oh my goodness, I could not be more happy that we stayed away. Obviously, we did get our quarterback, C.J. Beathard, but we stayed away from the top guys and we didn't spend the crazy draft capital that we had available because our team was so bad, unfortunately, last year. But we stayed away from Mitch Trubisky. And so right off the bat, Thursday night, we come up on the clock and the whole time I'm just thinking, no on Mitch Trubisky. Even though he's fine, no problems with him, I just don't really see him as that franchise quarterback that's going to get us where we need to go we have so many holes to fill and any quarterback in this system right now I feel like is going to struggle um, somebody with experience like Brian Hoyer I think is going to be fairly well I'm not saying we're going to be getting to the playoffs anytime soon but I feel like it would just be a waste and so we see the trade take place and swap picks with number three Chicago oh my goodness so whenever I first saw this I was like all right cool um, we probably picked up a third maybe a third and a fourth, and sure enough, the details of the trade start leaking out, and everybody is going crazy. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the entire draft first round was whenever they panned to the Chicago crowd, and you could just see how everybody was so pissed off because they realized not only did they pick Mitch Trubisky, which most people weren't as high on as the draft rumors, but two, they gave away a lot. 
And so if we reference the old Jimmy Johnson trade draft pick chart, which I know everybody kind of alters and whatnot, and everybody says they use their own chart. Uh, Lynch also has said we have our own chart. If we go by the Jimmy Johnson draft chart, our number two pick is equivalent to 2,600 points. Now you draw back just one pick. For Chicago at number three, and that is a 400-point decrease. So they're right at 2,200 points for that number three pick. So just swapping those picks, we're at a 400-point deficit. But then we picked up their third-round pick, number 67 overall, which comes out to 255 points. Their fourth-round pick, number 110 overall, that's 74. And then their next year's third. Now, to calculate this next year's third, what usually you do is you subtract a round. So we got their next year's third, so it would be equivalent to this year's fourth round pick, which is 74 points. And that basically brings the trade out to about even, points-wise. But then, we're not even done. Later on in the draft, and I'll talk about this again later in my next podcast, he trades that third round, that number 67th overall pick, back to the Saints for a second rounder next year. And so all for moving back one spot, we get Solomon Thomas, we get a third, which we traded back for a second next year, a fourth round pick this year, and then another third round pick next year. I mean, just absolutely just bring in a whole lot of picks and a lot of opportunities to bring some more talent into this franchise for moving back one draft slot. I say A++ there for John Lynch on that trade. This was kind of the... Oh my gosh, we dominated this draft. And Peter King put out an awesome article because he was there in the draft room with the Niners. And basically the deal that we had set up was for their first round pick, third round pick this year, and third round pick next year. But as soon as the draft started going, basically (laughs) they got on the phone with Chicago and said, Hey, you're not the only ones going after this pick. And so if you guys want to make this happen, we need something else. And there's even a part where they explain they're going back and forth with the GM and say, hey, we need another fourth. So a fourth this year, deal's done. And basically the Bears GM said, well, I'll get back to you. And almost our time almost ended on the pick. But we were able to get a deal done. And not only did we get the deal done there, but we got the player that we wanted to get at two, who is Solomon Thomas, which is absolutely amazing. Perfect fit for the Niners. And I know a lot of people came out and said, hey, we spent two years in a row on defensive ends, two years in a row on defensive ends in the Pac-12 with Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner. And so, man, that gives us three defensive ends. And now we're switching out of the 3-4 into the 4-3, running a single high safety kind of cover three look. That brings us four down linemen, uh, most notably kind of made famous in the NFL. And Seattle was along much way before that, but they're kind of the – model that everybody's looking to build um, and a lot of our coaching staff has seattle ties but the, the problem with this is well we have three first round draft picks and they all play very similar position that means a couple guys one at minimum is going to be playing out of position and, and so this is kind of the main criticism of that but i i think they're going to be able to make it work early reports out has basically said look Solomon Thomas is going to be playing that strong side right defensive end on first and second down. So he's going to be an edge player technically by definition. But I don't think that's his strength. He's going to kick inside on passing downs and on third down. But it doesn't take much. If you watch any of his game film, which I've watched every snap that I can get my hand on. I'm up to about 12 games now. 
But if you watch any of his game, his strength is in the run defense and pass disruption. He's not a huge sack numbers guy, even though he did get 10 this year. He is an absolute, he just causes chaos. Uh, he wreaks havoc. And, and so his strength is absolutely just destroying a team's game plan. And so as we get into this, I want to talk a little bit about my ranks and some things that came out of that and kind of how I feel about them. Now, I'll be honest with you. I love Solomon Thomas, but I am nowhere near as high on him as the 49ers front office was. Um, I have him ranked as my seven overall player and my second edge player. Um, so obviously behind Miles Garrett was number one. Um, so he's played at Stanford. Great kid for, out of Dallas. He's 6'3", 273 pounds, and ran a 4.6940 at the Combine. And if you check his measurables and everything that he put up at the Combine, they are all almost off of the charts with a few exceptions. Height, not there. At only 6'3", usually you want 6'4", or better, so he's a little shorter than you want. And arm length, which, again, this is a big deal, uh, getting those arms up, leveraging the offensive blocker away from your body so you can see, read, and react, get your hands up, J.J. Watt type, bat the ball down. We're not going to see a lot of that with Solomon Thomas. But everywhere else, bench press, 88th percentile. 20-yard shuttle, 80th percentile. Three-cone, 88th percentile. Broad jump, 94th percentile. Vertical jump, 74th percentile. 40-yard dash, 83th percentile. He's off the charts on almost everything, which clearly represents and probably everybody's favorite thing about Solomon Thomas is his crazy effort. He is the definition of an all-out just football player. You know, they talked about a speech that he gave at halftime at Stanford, and he said, hey, guys, I'm paraphrasing here. A lot of you guys are playing football because this is fun, and you're going to go on to great careers being CEOs and doctors and all these things. I'm not. I'm here for football. And so I need you to give everything you got. And they went out and um, had a great game against North Carolina. If you have not watched any film on Solomon Thomas and you want to know what this guy's about, you need to turn on the film, him versus North Carolina in the bowl game. And what's even more great than that is he's playing against the guy they traded up for in Mitch Trubisky at two, and he absolutely got in his head and controlled the entire game. Now his stats aren't amazing from that game, but... If you watch that game, he makes one play, and you see him get amped up. He makes another play, and it's, it's almost like he gets in like this Hulk mode, go crazy, and once he makes one play, he feeds off of his own energy, and everybody around him feeds off it as well. You know, just a couple scouting notes that I have here. He played all over the defensive line, whether that was outside, inside, uh, inside pass plays, all this stuff. It doesn't matter. He plays everywhere. And this is, again, back to a small concern, is that he's a little bit of a tweener. He doesn't have the perfect fit really anywhere. He's too short to be your prototypical edge. He's not fast enough to be your prototypical edge. And, you know, I put him at 4.69 is what he ran in the combine. But, again, he, he doesn't look the part. And whenever you watch him on film, you can see he tries to bend the edge whenever he comes outside. But... It just doesn't – it looks awkward. It, it, it looks almost like he's out of place. So that's going to be something they got to work on. Um, and he's not big enough to play on the inside at only 273. So if he could add more weight or decrease more speed, 
that would be perfect, but we're just going to have to see what happens. I, I think they're just going to kind of let him go around, and Lynch even came out and said he's going to be in that Michael Bennett role for Seattle. And so one of those things where it's going to be really hard to find him every single play because he's just lining up everywhere. Now, one thing that is absolutely exceptional, and I mentioned this before, he is in the opponent's backfield almost every play. If you go in and watch, it doesn't matter which game film you take, and you pause the play two seconds after the snap, he is a good yard or two ahead of every single one of his Stanford teammates. First one off the ball, hard nose straight through his O-lineman. And again, this is perhaps another critique, is that he doesn't really have a lot of evasive moves that he uses, especially on the inside. He goes through his man which is great because he pushes the offensive lineman back into the quarterback's face. But a lot of times he, he seems more interested into destroying the guy in front of him instead of getting around him, um, which we'll see how that works on the edge. As far as run control, man, he's going to dominate that right end and seal the edge almost every single time because he is, again, PFF's number one run defender um, as a defensive lineman. And, and so we're going to see that. The, the the question mark, and they're small, and they're very small, is how well he can play the edge against the pass. And if they keep kicking him inside on third down, hopefully that will mitigate that risk that we have there. Now, a couple of other things about him. He's a Stanford guy. The guy is very, very intelligent. And if you watch any of his press conferences or interviews or just anything he's got to say, he just comes off extremely well. It's funny. Him and John Lynch actually took a class at Stanford together a few years ago. The kid's smart, and it shows up on film because anytime there's a screen, draw, reverse, zero false steps, and it's almost like he's, I don't know if it's just through film, play recognition, what it is, but he is always right to where the play is going to go. It's pretty fun watching him blow up screens, and it's almost like he takes it, he takes it personal. And anytime there's like a trick play, it's like he gets pissed off and you just see him go even harder, which doesn't even make sense because he goes so hard so many plays and he just turns it on. Another thing is double teams. He gets double teamed a lot because he was clearly the best defender on the field. I mean, he went number three in the NFL draft, so that's without saying. But whenever he gets double teamed, he's pissed and he splits the double team as well as any defensive lineman I've seen in a long time. And usually whenever we see these, you know, top five talents coming off the board that play the defensive edge, they're almost pure edge guys, kind of like a Miles Garrett. But because he lined up inside so much, we were able to see how he would play against, you know, a center guard double team or a guard tackle double team at the point of attack. Is Whenever you're bending off the edge, you've got, you know, a two, not two second, but two to three steps before you're initi- initiating contact. Whereas if you're on the interior of that line, you're making contact with him as you're making your very first step. And one of the best things that he does is, quote-unquote, get skinny between the offensive guard and the offensive tackle, and he puts himself in between there and then kind of wiggles through. And, you know, one of my player comps that I have for him, I think the most common one you hear online is Michael Bennett with Seattle. And that's the role he's going to be playing, and that makes sense. But he reminds me so much of a smaller Indomitian Sioux. And Indomitian Sioux has made his money by this bull rush. It doesn't matter if you have two guys block me because I'm going to find the weakness in between you. And I'm going to exploit that. And 
time and time again watching Solomon Thomas, man, it, it, it's a thing of beauty how he can pull the guard into him with his hands, step, put his backside to the tackle to where it's almost like they're blocked, they're at odds with each other, and then slips through. But it, it's a thing of beauty, and I'm really excited to see if he can translate that part of his game uh, to the NFL, which thankfully, you know, with the division we're in, we there's a lot of talent, but... Offensive guard play and offensive line play is not that great in the NFC West. And so I really think that he's going to have a few opportunities early on to get some success against some pretty poor offensive lines. Now, back to Solomon Thomas, just a couple other things that I had on him. Again, I talked about how he's relentless and he does not give up on plays. Now, after the draft, I went back and rewatched a lot of his film kind of four or five times in a row per play. And a couple things came up that I kind of saw. Even though his effort is insane, he played way too many plays. Way too many plays for Stanford. And one thing that I do think the 49ers have to his advantage is he's not going to be required to play that many plays for us. If you look at what we did with DeForest Buckner last year, I don't think that's going to be the case with him. DeForest Buckner last year logged more snaps than almost any NFL defensive end in a 3-4 scheme. I mean, the guy was absolute beast, play in, play out, highly productive. I mean, he was just exceptional. I don't think we need to do that with Solomon Thomas, especially with a healthy Eric Armstead. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him in positions where he won't have to think as much, and we can turn this kid loose. Now, as smart as he is, we need to figure out ways to put him in a position where he can use his motor instead of stopping and thinking. He can just go all out. And if he's not playing 95% of our defensive snaps, I think we're going to get a much better return. Again, I talked about how rhythm is such a big deal for him. And so, again, I hope we can put him in positions where he can kind of get turned loose because it seemed like if he did disappear in film which was very very seldom those times would be drawn out but whenever he makes that play he makes another play and another play and another play so I'm hoping our coaching staff can say hey you know what it's been a couple plays since he's he's really made an impact let's get him over here let's calm him down let's get him something to think and then let's send him back out there and turn him loose with a stunt or put him in a position where you know he's not going to be chipped uh, by the tackle or by the back, out the side, so he can be in these one-on-one against these poor interior uh, offensive linemen to see what he can come up with. So anyway, those are just a couple things. Upcoming next podcast, what I'm going to be covering is our next draft pick, which was Ruben Foster at the 31 pick. And I don't want to get into too much of the trade details now, but uh, we'll get into that next podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And again, if you guys have any questions or anything, please leave those in the comments. And look forward to hearing from you guys. Twitter's a great way to get questions out there and just have a great conversation about more Solomon Thomas stuff and the 49ers. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. That's JL underscore Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Thanks a lot, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.